0: Now the Monster Man. The Monster Man. And it's a graveyard smash. Good
1: morning. Happy Sunday, everybody. As you can tell, um, my voice doesn't match. Merle's, this is Joanna Chudy uh, hosting today. I'm flying solo. So take it easy on me, everybody. I don't have a co-host with me, but I'm so happy to spend the next couple hours with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Yeah, so I'm a little bit nervous. I've never hosted the program all on my own, but thank you, Merle, for trusting me uh, with the controls here. And we've got an awesome team behind me supporting, so I don't run through all the commercial breaks and all that, and I can handle calls. Um, Yeah, uh, so... Weather is in our face every day. We've got all kinds of crazy weather coming at us. Yesterday it was snowing. We might get more snow today. I don't know if anyone's up the last few days for the sunrises. Holy cow, are they beautiful. They are full of color. And I grew up on the Great Lakes and we had this saying, um, I'm sure you've heard it before, red sky in the morning. Sailors take warning, red sky at night, sailors delight. But I've been seeing um, beautiful days following these colorful red sky mornings. So I hope it's another beautiful day for everybody out there. We actually have a call uh, right away. So thank you to Dale. I'll take your call in just a minute. If you are thinking to call in, if you've been hanging on, sitting on the fence, uh, not sure if you want to call in, today's the day. This is going to be a team effort. So give us a shout. You Locally, you can reach us at 403-974-8255. Or if you're outside of Calgary, uh, please call us at 1-800-563-7770. And that's the talk and text line. So we love to get your phone calls and your text messages. Right, right, we'll start off right away here with Dale. Good morning, Dale. How are you? Thanks for calling in.
2: Thank you. I love that song, The Mo- Monster Mash.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're gearing up for Halloween, so try to be festive here.
2: I heard it uh, through the week. Mm-hmm. I've had <laughs> pumpkin squash soup for lunch. Nice. I've That's had delicious. pumpkin pie for dessert at dinnertime.
0: Right. Okay.
2: Well, to people on the radio... They don't know whether it's a fruit or a vegetable.
0: Ah, wow.
1: Okay. So that's a good question. It's kind of like the tomato, right? Um, Is it a fruit? Is it a vegetable? Sometimes we have savory fruits or vegetables, and we always think of fruit tends to be more of a sweet treat, but it's not always. So a tomato is technically a fruit. And I think in this case, a pumpkin is as well. So when you look at the point of the pumpkin being formed, it's to enclose all the seeds inside and to be this attractive, um, edible, uh, basically carrying case for those seeds. So those seeds would end up in an animal's gut or um, being dispersed like through our compost pile or you know, whatever, once we get, we don't, we'll, I eat the seeds, we roast them at home. A lot of people do that, or they chuck them in the compost. And then that's, you're likely to have a squash-covered compost pile next year.
2: Oh, so, I, yeah,
1: I, technically I think they're a fruit.
2: Yeah, I had yeah. that uh, pumpkin squash soup, and it was just delicious.
1: Awesome, that's so great. And I love that you're eating pumpkin pie for dinner. <laughs> it <laughs> sounds that like yet? what I do.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Dale. Have a great Halloween. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Great question there. Um, all these little nuances about gardening. Hey, and I wanted to just say off the top here that um, I'm always leery when people introduce me as an expert. I am just a passionate gardener and I don't have all the answers, but if you could call in and uh, share your stories, share your questions, um, I'll do my best. I'm, I'm My specialty with Spruce It Up is landscape design and consultation. So I'm I'm a gardener who likes to be outside as much as I can. Um, so some of the questions around tropicals or indoor things, um, things like that, I'll do my best. But I, I tend to focus most of my curiosity and education on on the outdoor components of our gardening. Um, but yeah, again, if you'd like to call in uh, or text us 403-974-8255. Um, so I just wanted to give you an update with Spruce It Up. We've uh, Our crews are still going full steam ahead. Our landscape department is just... Rocking and rolling. Um, so proud of these uh, crews that we've got. They are working six days a week still. They've been pushing hard since springtime. Um, we've cut back on our planting outside. Obviously, people can see that the the weather has taken a turn for the cold. Uh, we're definitely out of summer now. Um, but they're out there working hard. Uh, they're doing hardscaping. So things like building rock walls, uh, putting in paving stone patios, um, Outdoor carpentry, all that stuff is still going going full speed ahead and uh, our pruning crews, same deal. Uh, they're booked right through the winter now so um, if you have any issues with your trees or you want some pruning done, go ahead and give us a call at the shop and we'd be more than happy to come out and, and get you in our queue. And the shop itself is just, I almost have to put blinders on when I go through because um, I just want to stop and look at all the new merchandise that we have. We have so many really cool Halloween-themed autumn decor stuff for the house, and I just want to buy everything I see. So whether it's little skeletons and yoga poses or our giant bins full of pumpkins that are ready to be carved into jack-o'-lanterns, we've just got a ton of stuff down at the shop. Um, we've got a call coming in from Michelle, so I'm going to go ahead and take that here. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? Uh, Good morning. Fine. Thank you. Good.
3: When I heard that you were into garden design, I thought I'd give you a call.
4: Yeah.
5: Yes, please.
3: So I think I've overplanted my garden in terms of trees and shrubs. Okay. And I have a south-facing backyard. um, Perfect. But... It's, um, I can't get the flowering plants that I'd like to get anymore um, because of the amount of shade that, okay. that is now...
1: You, um, from your
3: plants that are already in? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so I have in the backyard um, two of those giant Christmas trees, fir trees that were here when I first moved in, mm-hmm. and then everything else I've put in. There's a flowering crab, a Siberian crab, a Marquette pussy willow, okay. um, two or three Swedish aspens, a Toby hawthorn a lilac that's, um, um, and you know, like the caragana, Mm -hmm. those are both cut, grafted. And then I have a few, like a columnar pine and a, just a ton of. It sounds beautiful. And that's just in my backyard. Sounds full. And so I was wondering, (laughs) my question is, whether or not to just look at bringing someone in to prune or to actually maybe remove.
1: Okay, that is. I forgot
3: to mention the Siberian. um, that sort of silver leafed. Do you know
1: those? Um, like a Russian olive? That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your your property sounds beautiful already, but I can tell from the variety of plants you've let you've named off there that you've got a lot you've got a lot going on. And it sounds like, um, as designers and as landscapers, we get to this point where with our clients where. Uh, We want it to look full right away. Like we want it to look like a mature landscape as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have to be careful to stay balanced because we're really doing a disservice as designers and installers if we go ahead and just overfill landscapes. Um, Because in a few short years, it'll just be crowded. Um, It won't look... Uh, it won't look organized, it won't have that same flow as what the drawing might have shown originally. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be a beautiful piece of artwork, but once you put it on the ground, we really have to be sure that it has that sort of Um, cohesive flow and you know that you feel good looking at it you might not know why you feel good but there's all those elements of texture and and size and design in there this has been a process
3: for 15
1: years Uh, yeah Alberta gardeners know that (laughs) yeah yeah so Michelle I would say um, probably have either myself or Mark uh, he's our foreman for the pruning crew he's a certified arborist either one of us would be happy to come out and have a look and we'll both know right off the bat what should stay or what should go Um, things that, you know, you say you've been at it for 15 years, things that have been, um, around for that amount of time, or maybe a little bit longer, you might want to look at, um, pruning back, giving them sort of a rejuvenation, um, or, or just having them removed altogether. Maybe there's just a couple too many, or maybe, maybe it's a time for a change. You're talking about trying to get more flowering things in. Um, it doesn't always have to be, you know, gardens are a work in progress always, so I, it just kind of depends on on what you're hoping to see in your in your property. So well, I love every one of those. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I it's hard, mentioned. right? They're your babies. You've been nursing along for the last decade plus. I yeah. know that feeling. Um, yeah. It's that's a tricky one. I, I honestly would say it's probably good to get a second opinion on it because mm-hmm. you see it every day, right? You mm-hmm. see it every day, and it's hard to kind of step back and have that big picture um, when you're in it. So mm-hmm. having having a couple of folks come out and just give their opinion on it and, and their sort of like uh, distanced view of it would might be helpful for you. And then, you know, coming up with a couple different plans um, of action and then you can sort of see which you're more comfortable with. OK.
3: Yeah. Um, could I get the number? Of, yeah. Do you have a do you have a number that I yeah, can reach absolutely. you?
1: Absolutely. Um, I'll just do it right here on the air. I'll give you this is my direct line. So I'm happy to uh, book consultations. It's uh, four zero three yes 909 909 2562 2562 yeah and if you want to go ahead and connect with our shop uh it's 403 mm-hmm. 201 yeah 7525 and that's that'll get you connected right to spruce it up and then you just go through the phone list um and mark is our prune it up um he's our prune it up leader so if you wanted to touch base with him on pruning or tree care um and and we can both come out there's no problem so Yeah,
6: just give us a call. Great,
1: thank you so much for your help. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Okay, Okay. bye-bye. All right, so that was a great call around landscaping and design work, and we're going to go ahead and have a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Business. Hello, Happy Sunday morning. Um, I love the Ghostbusters. It just takes me back to childhood, and it's gearing us all up for an awesome Halloween. It's cold weather for the next couple of days, but I think we're going to have a nice end of the week. Um, my name's Joanna Chudy, and I'm here filling in for Merle Coombs, and this program is brought to you by Let's Talk Gardening for Spruce It Up. Uh, Let's Talk Gardening is Spruce It Up... Um, Spruce It Up Garden Center's uh, program every Sunday. We're with you in the spirit of gardening. We're open seven days a week and we're located on McLeod Trail at 210th Avenue across from the community of Legacy. Uh, We got a couple text messages I wanted to just bring up here, share them with all of our listeners. Good morning. Now that the leaves have fallen from my Schubert choke cherry, there's black knot fungus in some of the branches. Is it safe to do some pruning now? And this affects some larger branches. So super great question. Um, I noticed with the two sort of snowfalls that we did have, um, trees have been clinging, or sorry, the leaves have been clinging to the trees um, and they didn't all kind of dump. It's kind of funny going through the neighborhood and seeing people still raking a month later, sort of the long drawn out leaf rake this year. Um, But yeah, now that leaves are falling, this is a great time to do pruning um, because you can see the structure of the tree. You can see if any branches are affected by the black knot. And as always with a fungal infection like black knot, because it is spread by airborne spores Um, you're going to want to make sure that your your pruning gear is disinfected between each and every cut and if they're larger branches and you know you're up there and it's it's kind of dangerous work I would actually refer to professionals we've got an awesome pruning crew there's great um, companies throughout the city We'd love to hear from you. Prune it up um, is uh, their experts with tree care and they can come out and take care of that in a really safe way and just follow best practices. Um, They follow all the industry safety and best practices to just be sure that they're not spreading that fungus further into your tree. Um, So that's what I would recommend for Black Knot. And we've got a caller joining us from High River. Good morning, Mary. How are you?
0: Hi. Oh, you're doing a really a professional <laughs> job. Uh, I can't do it without you, Mary. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> anyway, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Was there a lot of damage in the city with that wind? Um,
1: I think a lot of junk got blown around, but yeah, I didn't see, I didn't see, it. yeah, no, I didn't see a lot coming down. Oh, well, um, that was so we're lucky for that. How about yeah. you? How about oh, you down it
0: was south? terrible out here. It was yeah. 170 clicks. Oh my goodness. I had to walk around with rocks in my pocket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Mary, we're kind of the same build, I would say.
0: <laughs> Put right. your heavy
1: work boots on or just stay inside, right? Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to tell people. You know you can do some experimenting in your garden if you want to do something different mm-hmm. And this year, unbeknownst to me, I planted squashes by pumpkins, yeah, now they cross,
1: yes, they do, don't they and, and it was they get kind of familiar with one another the bees, the birds and the bees happen yeah, pretty pretty quickly.
0: It, it was kind of neat, so what the what did you get squashes turned out really good, Yeah. and they were a little sweeter. Hey there, you go. Yeah. So, what kind uh, of squash did you plant? Well, those uh um, oh, gee, they're they're green and yellow inside. Uh, acorn? Was it hey, acorn thank squash? Thank you. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Okay. Yeah. I got a good memory, but a short. <laughs> <laughs> but, and anyway, uh, it it was kind of neat to try it. Yeah. And then even beside that was a zucchini, okay. and some of them turned yellow. You know what? I had
1: that same thing. I planted uh, butternut squash for the first time in this one yeah, new, well new area. Yeah, well, the
0: one I planted. It was a okay. butternut because I like it the best.
1: Yeah. They, oh, man, they're so good. You yeah. can use them in any recipe yeah, that, that calls that for pie pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah, um, I had a couple zucchini kind of turn. They they grew wider before they grew long, Yeah, and then they turned yellowy pretty quick. So I yeah. thought, man, something must have... Um, Some pollinators must have been working some magic between those plants. I think.
6: (laughs) Of course,
0: (laughs) love is in the air, right? (laughs) Zucchini grows overnight. Yes, it does. I'm the zucchini. And the zucchini run around her, so if you found it <laughs> on your doorstep, I left them. Uh, <laughs> it's like
1: Christmas with zucchini. Well, you know, I had um, I had a couple that got away from me this summer, as is the case every year. But one, I thought, okay, I'm going to use that. Uh, you know, it was like a Wednesday or something. And then we got three days of rain. And by the yeah. time I got out to it again, yeah, it, was it was like... <laughs> well, no, it was like three feet long. It just seemed yeah. like I could yeah. hollow it out and use it like a canoe. So anyway, I... Usually just take those, and I think they're too tough. I've never really bothered to eat them. But I had a friend say, "No, no, don't th- don't compost that. I'll take it." And she cut them into steaks and grilled them, and they were like the best thing I've ever eaten.
0: Well, yeah. that was good. I always yeah. make so many cakes and loaves and stuff out of them. There you go. Yeah. Yep. And cookies. Yep. You can make anything You make it. really
1: good muffins. That much, I know. Yeah, no? yeah
0: <laughs> you do. Anyway, you're doing a great uh-huh. job. Thanks, Mary. Thank yes. you for calling in. Yeah, yeah it's good to, to hear you again. Yeah. yeah. Take care. You too. Have a okay. great Halloween. Bye-bye. Yeah, I will. My Bye, dear.
1: Uh so true, so I always um i've been told with squash and pumpkin they are they are related they're pretty well one and the same they're sort of cousins right and if you have them if you have them planted really close together, the pollinators if all it takes is pollen getting from one female flower to the next, and then you've got you're sort of hybridizing them you've got this new new creation and you don't know what it, what it will be. And it can, the only time it can really be a problem is if you're trying to save seeds and stay true to that parent plant, um, you're basically crossing, um, and you're going to come up with something different. So the seed that you might get from that hybrid zucchini or that wonky orange looking acorn squash or whatever it is that did come out, you, you don't know what you're going to get from the seeds of those the next season. So, uh, yeah, that was awesome. I'm so glad Mary called in. She's a staple of this of this program. We love having her. Uh, let's go to Lynn now. We're going to talk about hydrangeas. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks for calling. Yes, <clears throat>
4: thank you. Um, the snow kind of uh, toppled my hydrangea. It was huge this year. Oh, yeah. And, and usually I don't cut them down until the spring. Mm-hmm. But it, some of the branches are broken and, and whatnot. Should I go ahead and, like, had
1: it now, yeah, I would clean it up now. So, hydrangeas, um, I think for the most part, everybody who had uh hydrangeas, especially Annabelle hydrangeas, the big, sort of uh-huh. showy, snowbally white ones, uh-huh. man, they just look beautiful this season. I think the cooler weather and all the rain we had really just made them all really pop, but uh-huh. then of course, we got the snow pretty quick after, and so those big, heavy flowers don't stand a chance under that uh snowfall. So, I would, yep, I would go ahead and prune them out. You can deadhead the flowers off. Um, mm-hmm. You can, if they're in good shape, you can save those. Um, can use yes, them in. I do. Yeah, dry them out. They're <laughs> you? already
4: dry. Oh, I good.
1: And cut them and make a bouquet. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's good. And those dried flowers will last all winter. You can pop them into your your arrangements you put out on your front porch or you can use them I'll inside. Thinker. Yeah, so you can use those. Um, but yeah, if you've got broken branches, just prune them back to the okay. next healthy leaf node. So, the next oh. set of um, stems. That that are coming out that looks okay. really healthy and try and cut them with nice sharp bypass yep. pruners um like at a 45 degree angle and you'll be all set okay thank yeah. you yeah thanks so much lynn thanks you for the bet. call have a I'll great take, week have a good one you bye, too. bye. Great. Okay. Such good calls. Thank you so much. Um, If you have always wanted to call in but never had, today is your day. I would love to have you call in. Um, As I said, I'm flying solo, so I don't have the the awesome banter with Merle today. Um, But I'd love to hear your questions, your comments, anything to do with gardening. Please share. You can call or text at 1-800-563-7770. Or locally, uh, you can reach us at 403-974-8255. And we are going to go ahead and pause for the news. We'll be with you right after. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I am dancing alone in the studio today. Merle's not here with me, but my name is Joanna Chudy and I'm here joining you uh, to talk about gardening. For those of you who know me, you know I can blab about gardening for hours and hours, but it's more fun with you. So please give us a call or a text if you don't want to come on air. Texting is great. Uh, You can reach us at 1-800-563-7770. That's our talk and text line or locally 403-974-8255. The phone lines are wide open, so you have my undivided attention. Now's the time to pick my brain for for what it's worth. I'll do my best. Um, We had a couple texts come in over the break, and I want to share those with you. So whether you want to call in or not, your text might just make it on air. Um, will snapdragons regrow in the spring? Mine are about four feet tall, and uh, what do I have to do to replant? I heard that they drop their seeds. So that is a great question. Snapdragons technically would be considered an annual here, so they do everything they need to do in one season and then they're done. Um but some annuals like to uh, put out seeds and they do it so in such a uh in such a like... Like, think of borage or uh, even sunflowers. I've even had tomatoes self seed, which I just that blew my mind the first time I saw that, but you know, if they're mulched in heavily enough, if they're, if those seeds are protected through the winter, you might see some activity in the spring, uh, without any work. So, uh, it's always a good idea to research the annuals you plant and make sure that they're in a spot where maybe you wouldn't mind seeing them come up again. So you could try, I love gardening because there's always surprises. So they might come up, they might not, who knows? Um, and then, yeah, so give it a shot. Snapdragons, they might self seed, um, but they are technically annuals, so don't count on it, but be ready for a surprise. And then what else? We had another great uh, one about garlic, and I just want to ask that list that listener to stay tuned. We are going to talk about bulbs and garlic in a little bit, um, so we'll go ahead and, and talk about that. We've got Chris calling in from the store um, to share what's new in the store, and we're going to talk about bulbs as well then, so that's at about 10 o'clock. Um, we've got a call from
7: Trudy, so I'm going to go ahead and take that one here. Good morning. morning. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Um, I I have a question. We got a white spruce tree put in a week ago, Uh and uh, it was in a big sack and a big clump of uh, roots, and they left that packaging on it. Oh, okay, like the
1: metal basket and the burlap? The burlap, yeah. Okay, great. So, well, first of all, congratulations on your new tree. That's Thank always you. exciting. Thanks yes. for doing a good job of planting. We always, we should all be planting more trees, right? Yes. Um, we like to breathe, so let's plant trees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. So white spruce. Um, I, to, it sounds like a caliper tree, and I, that basically just describes a tree that is that has been grown in ground and then spaded out. Um, the root system is then. Wrapped in burlap, so yes. it's in native soil. It's often quite sandy soil because they're encouraging those roots to uh, really grow out and become mature, so the tree can get nice and big, so that you don't have to wait as long. And that's why we pick out caliper trees and maybe put our budget towards those bigger trees, so we don't have to wait as long um, for a potted tree to come along. Yeah, and so often to move those trees, they're in a metal basket. The rootstock is in a—it's a, a pretty heavy-duty metal basket that you know machinery can pick up. Um, yeah. Or you can take a pry bar and, and wiggle yeah. it around till it's straight. So that is completely... There's mixed reviews on what to do with that. But our practice when we plant caliper trees that spruce it up is to leave all of that intact. And there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Yeah. Um, the idea is that, and especially on something like a white spruce that tree is going to have no problem getting through the burlap and even that metal basket with its roots. Okay, so it,
7: it is yeah. the burlap, and I'm about a little bit worried about that. Yep,
1: I wouldn't be worried about it at all. In fact, that burlap is going to go ahead and rot away. Good. And in, in the meantime, it'll help sort of mulch the roots a bit and, yeah. and contain a bit of moisture yeah. for
7: them. It's about eight feet tall and very full. And uh, I watered it in really, really good. Oh good. And then 2 days later the snow came.
1: Okay, good. Well, you're doing everything right as far as I can tell that watering and and I know we don't want to be dragging our hoses around right now still, but it is still a good idea to yes. keep your outside water on, keep mm-hmm. an eye on the weather, but um all listeners, if you have new trees, especially evergreens, just yes. soak them. Like just basically water them till you think they're going to float away because they really we're we're sending them off to a big sleep. And if they have nothing to feed on um, during Mm -hmm. Chinooks or warmer weather, early spring, they're going to just get really desiccated and start at a disadvantage next
7: spring. So what I would like to know, should I still water them? Uh, yep, I would actually. So
1: in the next few days, you can probably just uh, relax on that and just keep an eye so that your hose bib isn't, you know, experiencing any damage, oh. right? Yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, near the end of the week, it's supposed to warm up again above zero, up near mm-hmm. eight, seven, eight degrees. And that is a great time to water. So yeah. that long, slow trickle of water is great for bigger trees like that. Um mm-hmm. Just soak them.
7: So it's not damage to it, like overwatering? <laughs> nope, no, nope, you can't. Those trees soak up so
1: much water. There's, okay. You can't overwater them, especially this time of year. Yeah, I'm um,
7: just a little bit worried because the first day are really soaked them in. Yeah, because nope, that's I knew the, best. The, wind, the snow was supposed to come.
1: <laughs> They're big eaters too, so they really soak up that water. And spruce trees, I, you know, there's folks across the across the city and the province who ha, I'm sure have mature oh, okay. spruce trees, and they they are water hogs. They will take all of it. So that's why you can't get grass to grow underneath them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, oh, well, is,
7: thank you very much. Yeah. That, uh That that feels good that I didn't kill him already. (laughs) No, you didn't kill it. And you're
1: setting it up for a really great start for next spring. So you're doing all the right things.
7: Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Trudy.
1: Have a good day. Bye-bye. Great call there from Trudy. Um, And we're going to go ahead and break for a commercial. We'll be right back. Good morning. Thanks again for joining us on Let's Talk Gardening. My name is Joanna Chudy and I'm a landscape designer and consultant with Spruce It Up Garden Center. And I'm so happy that uh, Merle has asked me to take controls for today. And thank you so much all to all of our listeners for calling in and texting and sharing your experiences, whether it's um, freakish pumpkin zucchini hybrids uh, all the way to tree care and everything in between. So keep them coming. Uh, we'd love to hear you uh, either call in. You can reach us at 403-974-8255 or our talk, st- talk and text line is one 800 563 And let's go now to Don. Good morning, Don. It sounds like you've had a rough summer. Yeah,
2: good morning. Yeah. Uh, by the way, great job uh, Hey, thanks.
1: <laughs> Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, you know, we've I've only been gardening. I'm somewhat of a newbie. We do some raised beds. I've got in the back uh, five Perfect. years. First four years were awesome. But okay. this year, and I wondered if it was just sun, mm-hmm. but the zucchini didn't, they flowered and they grew, but they didn't fruit. The beets are the size of a quarter. My oh, strawberries okay. quit halfway through the year. Oh, no. Yeah, so am I the odd one up here or was it something that happened <laughs> um, because of, uh, I mean, we had lots of rain, lots of water? We
1: had a lot of precipitation this year, we sure did. And with the rain came cooler temperatures. So I saw some similar things in my garden. Um, and I've had the, the particular gardens I'm thinking about have been in place for six years. So kind of same time frame as yours. And I've mm-hmm. been working pretty diligently to feed the soil as much as I can. But some of them, some of them got some loam in there and like some compost that's probably still breaking down. So there's all kinds of things that, that could have happened. But I think um, kind of, I guess just to tick some boxes, probably a little bit cooler this summer than than in summers past. Um, so that doesn't help things ripen as quick as we're used to, even even root vegetables um, my beets are so tiny, they're they're just going to be tiny little baby beets that I'm just going to uh, roast up, and they'll be gone in one meal.
2: So, yeah, I hate to say it, but that's yeah. good to hear, because that's yeah. what I, I thought maybe I was... You started doubting yourself after that. Oh, yeah, it, for know, sure. You start, you're second-guessing you
1: know. everything and saying, what have I done, and how come my neighbors are so awesome, and what am I doing wrong? And um, don't beat yourself up too much. I think just the fact that you are gardening, you haven't quit, uh, means your thumbs are getting greener, and just the fact that, you know, you're you're, you say you're a newbie gardener, but you're at it for five years now. I think you could probably drop that newbie gardener thing. Herbs and
2: potatoes potatoes were great and they were easy. Oh, good. There you go. Okay. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Don. Have a good day. Okay, great. Yeah. You know what? Every year is different. We always have um, we always have something exciting to keep us on our toes. And whether it's a disappointment or not, that is when we learn, right? And we can kind of commiserate with friends and family that are also gardeners. You can call in here and, and I'll give you a shoulder to cry on. My beets are the size of, uh, I don't know, a toonie or so. They're not that big. And I think we had hail five times. So that didn't help either. Um, but okay, I wanted to take a quick text one here before we jump back to the phone lines. Um, let's see, we're looking for a privacy screen. Do you have a preference or a recommendation on upright junipers? They're talking about Blue Arrow or Skyrocket junipers, both really hardy and low maintenance for our area. Um, I like them both. I actually really like a Moon Moonglow uh, juniper. It's another type of upright juniper that fills in really well and gets... Uh, decent height, so they're all going to get about 20 feet tall or so. So depending on what you want that privacy screen to look like um, between the Blue Arrow, Skyrocket, or the Moon Glow, those are all great choices. I would probably steer clear of the Wichita Blue variety just because they do get to be more like small trees they can get quite large and and then once they do get um pretty big they start to lose their privacy effect because they start to open up a bit so um yeah so that was a great text coming in um let's see we'll go to the phone lines with margaret try and squeeze this in marguerite sorry about that here we go hi marguerite thanks for calling in good morning
7: Yeah, uh, I brought in a mandevilla it was lovely this year outside mm-hmm. and I apologize but this is my question it's okay. indoors <laughs> okay no worries we can't the, avoid it uh, I just looked at it this moment and it's got aphids on it so what okay. do I
8: do
1: yeah okay we see this happen so much um when we when we just lovingly put our our indoor plants outside which is a great thing to do but we always have hitchhikers when we bring them back in right there's always something that's made it into the soil or is hiding underneath the leaves and in your case you've got aphids mm-hmm. so when I have aphids outside I just blast them with the hose right. um, and but you know you're inside now so unless you want to haul that mandevilla into the shower and and have a shower with it um, I'd go ahead and try some insecticidal soap that usually works pretty well with aphids um, pure spray green is another one that you could try um but usually insecticidal soaps work on aphids. They're they're more of a softer bodied insect so they're not going to they're not they're they're more susceptible to whatever you do apply to them. So you don't have to go too militant with aphids. I think it's probably just an insecticidal soap would be your best bet.
7: Okay. Yeah. I will tr- and I I seem to remember hearing Merle say that you got to do it often because they I don't know they are born pregnant or Yes,
1: yeah, you know what my some of my undergrad work I worked in a greenhouse and my job was to propagate aphids for the experiments we were doing and and when they sense population decline they can actually there's some sort of switch they can turn on and they are born pregnant. It's just scary, but you got to stay on them. Um they're tiny, they're really hard to see. They usually hide in the sort of the nook between the stem um, and the main the main trunk of your plant, or underneath the leaf. So just be diligent. Uh, keep inspecting your plant for all those little hiding spots. And and yeah, stay on it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Margaret. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Bye bye. Okay, you're you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. We're going to have a little break, and we'll be right back. I love all the Halloween theme music. It's getting me in the mood. This is great. And uh, that was a throwback from the 70s. So that came around when I came around. I love this. <laughs> great tunes. So thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning. My name is Joanna Chudy, and I'm here filling in for Merle Coombs on Let's Talk Gardening. And thank you so much, all you guys, for, for heeding my call and helping me out here. This is such a great team effort. I'm getting so many great phone calls and so many great text messages. I really appreciate it. Keep them coming. We're on till 11. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump right to the phone lines. We're going to talk to Darlene. Good morning, Darlene. You have a question
4: on cedars? Yes, uh, home strip cedars, you okay. know. And uh, <clears throat> we have uh, seven planted on the south side of our uh, uh, lot, and uh, they are doing very healthy. But, and then we have four planted on the east side, and there's lots of brown branches. Okay. And so, but they're still green, trying to come through. And uh, I wondered if, um, you know, we've had to replace two. Do, do you feel like th- that it'll they will survive the winter or?
1: Yeah, cedars are cedars are a little tricky out here for a couple reasons. One, because we don't have the kind of moisture cedar tend to look for in the ground. Uh-huh. Um, and then also, just our climate is a little harsh on cedars. So if you find that sweet spot, they do amazingly well, but it, it can it can take a little time to, to find. It seems like right under eaves or in a protected sort of out-of-the-way area. Yeah, um, these are, both yeah. of them. Okay. Okay. Um, one thing, you're actually making me think of something I wanted to mention uh, before show's over around just things that we can be doing this time of year. And one of those is to seek out a product called Wilt Proof. Oh, I have that. And have that. that was my next question. Yeah. So I would go ahead and use that. Um, just follow the instructions on the bottle. For those of you listening that haven't heard of this before, Wilt Proof is... Um, It's like a liquid, um, I love the way Merle's analogy is it's like chapstick for evergreens. And it's Ah. so true. So it really locks in the moisture in a natural, healthy way for the plant. And especially heading into long, cold winter with lots of wind that will be desiccating plants and and sort of just sucking that moisture out of the plants themselves. That's a good thing to lock that moisture in now. Um, And just like we spoke Um. with Michelle earlier, keep up your watering especially if they're new plantings um just soak them just soak them as oh. as long slow soak right to the bottom of the root mass and um keep it up until it's just you know it's just absolutely time to bring your hose in and turn the outdoor water off okay uh, but yeah that should help with cedars i would definitely use the wilt proof that
4: would and help so, a lot uh it, using it one Uh, Now, you Mm -hmm. won't have to use that through the winter. No,
1: I think um, once, Um, maybe
4: during a Chinook, if you can
1: get out, you know, uh midwinter to just uh, give a a reapplication, that would be a good idea. But once now should be fine. And just, again, follow the instructions on the bottle. Most of the time you can buy a concentrate and you just water it down. And it's just a spray. It's a liquid. Um, I think there's some type of oil or wax that uh, helps seal in the uh, the moisture on the plants. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it works great on, on cedars. We we use it on our cut um, evergreen arrangements around Christmas time. Yes, I And have. we've had them stay green till April. So that's pretty, yeah. That's pretty good, yeah.
4: Okay, and, yeah. and fertilizer in the spring for these cedars? Yeah,
1: yep. I'd go ahead and leave, uh, stop with the fertilizers now. Like, you know, we're already done. Everything's shutting down, so you can pick that up again in the spring.
4: Okay, yeah. and what kind of fertilizer do you feel
1: like? Um, there's uh, evergreen specific, or you can just do the straight 20 that's a good one for us for cedars. Okay. Yeah. Thanks yeah. very much. Yeah, thanks, darling. Thank have you. a great Halloween. Thank you. Thanks, you too. Bye
4: bye.
1: Perfect. So, yeah, that is a, a great point. I'm so glad she called. Um, we really do have to make sure we're still watering. I know it feels, you know, you don't want to be out there with cold hands, but your trees and shrubs really need it right now. They need to be watered in heavily so that they're all prepped for winter. Uh, and we have another caller calling about evergreens. We'll go to. Marsha, good morning. How are you? Thanks for calling. I'm good. Thanks for taking my
9: call. Yeah. Yeah, I'm calling. I got uh, be four evergreens. They're spruces. Um, kind of the background history are seedlings that had come from my mom's yard, so they're blue okay. spruces. Okay. And they've been in the ground. They're in various areas for, oh boy, four years now. Mm-hmm. And they're just not growing. I got one that's going pretty good, and the other ones are still only like um, maybe three feet high. Okay. I fertilize probably every other weekend during the summer and mm-hmm. water them in. They get, um, pretty much snow covered in the winter. Yep. So I just don't know are, what's growing. growing around
1: them. Are they wide out in the
9: wide open? Or? Um, two, two of them are on the wide open. The other two, um, are kind of on the back northeast side of the house, but they okay. have sun all day until it kind of gets, I guess the sun gets more to the the west the southwest and then okay. it probably gets a little bit shaded.
1: And how long have they been in the ground? 4 years? 4 years. Okay, and you dug them up so they weren't like out of a pot. They were they were transplanted from um uh, They were dug out of her place.
9: her yard there. Okay. It was a yeah, kind of a rock garden and just they had gone to seed there. I put them in a pot, brought them here, put them into the ground and then transplanted them into another spot. So, yeah. Um, I would say, Marcia, that your trees are probably
1: experiencing sort of a prolonged transplant shock. Okay. (laughs) And it's so hard because I I know it is a long time. (laughs) I feel like even with new plants, straight, you know, nursery stock that you buy from a garden center, um, when you pull those plants out of the pots, they're usually fairly root bound and it takes a while for those roots to get the message that they're free and that okay. they can start to explore and reach out into the soil and find what they need nutritionally. Okay. Um, so you're doing all the right things. Heavy mulching is a good idea to protect them through winter and heavy north winds. Okay. Um, and then just keep up the watering. Fertilizing, you could probably cut back even a little bit and just focus it more. Um, like, the, like you're doing every every other week is fine, but maybe cut back as they start as you start to get towards the end of the season. Right. Um and yeah, you could try a evergreen specific fertilizer. Um, we like Rage Plus; it works really well on evergreens. Um, you can go ahead and and use it in a foliar application okay. or roots.
9: Okay. Yeah, I've heard um, I've heard great things about that. I do use a evergreen specific, but um, it's not the the Rage Plus, but you're, you're um, yeah, just past the three year pass.
1: um it seems like uh three years is the magic number to get things established and you're just past so i hope you start to see some some evidence that your your hard work is paying off yeah,
9: yeah i didn't know if maybe like the one that's growing is more um kind of in towards the house the other two are more roadside and i don't know if the roadside mm-hmm. has a, an effect on it that maybe it's more it compact Salt or spray
1: could yeah it could yeah um, well we'll cross our fingers for you yeah and wish okay.
9: the best. <laughs> i will try that rage Puff because i yeah. have heard that it's it's been good on like both grass and trees and everything so perfect
1: that should work okay we've got to take a break you're Thank listening you your yeah thanks marcia yeah,
9: have a great
1: yeah, weekend. you too bye-bye we are listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr we're going to take a break and be right back Is that gardening music or what? (laughs) If you're cold, go ahead and start headbanging because you'll warm up quick. Um, Great tunes today. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into Let's Talk Gardening. I am Joanna Chudy joining you from Spruce It Up Garden Center as their landscape design and consultant. Um, And we're going to go straight to the phone lines. I've got uh, my cohort, Chris, on the line here. And we're going to talk about what you can do uh, further to prep your uh, trees and shrubs for fall and winter. We've had tons of great phone calls on it already And we'll see what Chris can add Hey Chris, how's it going? Hey, good morning Joanna, how are you? Good, thanks for joining us You're welcome (laughs) So you've got some ideas for us to help us shut things down hey, With trees and shrubs in particular
5: Yeah, so even though the season's kind of slowly coming to an end. There's a lot of things that we can do. So we are happy in the spring when the snow melts and, yes. and we can look at our trees. So a couple of things, probably one of the most common things I had in the spring was animal damage to trees and shrubs, Yeah. yeah. Uh, particularly um, the prunus family. Um, so your cherries, your fruit trees, and your evergreens. So there's a couple of things we can do with that. Um, one of the best things to do for any of the soft bark trees is to add some kind of uh, white white protection. So we have tree wraps, that's uh, Mm -hmm. plastic and paper, uh, just like a bandage that you can wrap your trunks with and that prevents a couple things, Uh, stops the mice from chewing at your bark if they're Mm -hmm. under the snow level and they can chew away at it. Uh, It also protects them from sun scald or or, uh, frost crack, Mm -hmm. which occurs when usually south-facing when the sun hits the snow and bounces onto the bark and the cells come alive and then it drops to minus 30 and the cells explode and then we get those nice cracks in our yeah. in the bark and that opens up for disease and stuff so yeah. so that's a good way one good way to protect your trees um another one is to uh you can do on your sensitive shrubs or roses etc you can do some shrub collars so you just kind of put some chicken wire mm-hmm. around the shrub and then fill that with with some hemp mulch which is a really good product that we carry here as well. Mhm. kind of protects it from the cold. And then good old deer that everyone has problems yep. with, uh getting some of our deer repellent and and giving that a good spray, usually once a month over the winter, uh will do well. It, it does last for quite a while the smell mm-hmm. and that will stop the deer's from eating all your nice spruce trees and, and that's like bobex plant skid. Yep. and plant skid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so those Those two are really good for those. And then, of course, pruning, you know, Mm -hmm. protecting your trees. We follow the 3D, so just take a look at your tree and check for any damaged branches or any disease that you see or uh, any dead branches and Mm -hmm. give those a nice clean cut, and that'll help your tree not waste energy that it doesn't need to waste. Right and
1: yeah. yeah, not have liability for you with your limbs over the driveway or over the That's house. Right. right, perfect. Yeah,
5: and then dormant sprays are really that had a lot of issues uh, in the spring too, with a lot of uh, necrosis and a lot of uh, diseases. Again, mostly on the fruit trees, mm-hmm. um, and that includes your catonia asters. Um, yeah. So a lot of times, if you have a dormant spray kit handy, uh, dormant of course means when the tree is asleep so now as the trees the leaves drop it's a good time to uh, spray them with your dormant spray and that helps prevent diseases and eliminates like overwintering insects that's yeah. tend to live on your trees and shrubs so that's another one awesome and uh, yeah. do, you,
1: do you feel like
5: fruit trees are
1: targeted because I've heard this talked about they have like a sweetness to their sap
5: is that yeah, yeah. that and they have really soft bark okay so their, yeah. their bark is thin so it's easy to chew and I think like you say it's got a it's got a nicer taste than let's yeah. say uh, you know some of our hard our hard trees
1: yeah and also I guess they put out fruit so they're already creating a habit of visitors coming by Check absolutely <laughs> yeah there's good
5: things around that
1: tree yeah, on the ground yeah <laughs> yeah well thanks for the tips chris that's awesome i've noticed we've had a lot of good calls this morning around tree care and what to do to prep for winter so it's great to hear everyone's tuning in yeah. and, and, paying and of attention. course
5: of course the watering right yep. i keep telling people you want to keep watering like yep. till the ground no longer will soak up water yeah and that gives a nice frozen root ball around your roots so they can survive our long cold winters yeah they can be yeah. so dry
1: right we don't Very have. dry the, um i grew up on the great lakes and man the snow coverage was just perfect we never yeah. had to worry about watering but here everything blows and um, so dry yeah it's so yeah. dry so it's when we so do dry. get a heavy snowfall we call it yeah. snow farming but that's it doesn't right. doesn't always it doesn't, work here <laughs>
5: well it doesn't it doesn't take over the dry air right, that, right. that's yeah. especially with the evergreens that's yeah. another issue to that's important actually. Is no matter how much you water some of your evergreens, it's still the dry air that will suck the moisture out of the needle. So, yep.
1: I don't know about you, but my hands get pretty dry. I get kind of cracked fingers yeah. in the winter. So, if you can yeah. imagine, and we're you know, we're inside, we're protected. Could you imagine yeah. being out like in the elements as a tree? Sure. Nothing there. So,
5: and it doesn't yeah. matter how much water we
1: drink, we yeah. still get chapped lips, and that's, that's right. the
5: same with the trees. So,
1: yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and they can't hop on a plane and visit uh, a, a warm no, place with Mexico the ocean, or, right? No, they can just
5: maybe use wilt proof and a little yeah. burlap protection. Yeah. That's about it.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Well, that sets us all up for some great success. Okay. And and it, I think it also feeds our desire to keep gardening. I don't know about, uh, about you guys, but I, I'm kind of lamenting the fact that I can't go out and just easily get my hands in the soil and get good exercise and all that vitamin D still, you know, working and toiling away in my veggie garden. It's kind of everything sort of put down, but there's all these little, um, end of season projects that we can be doing sure. that'll set us up for a great start for spring. So that's right. Yeah.
5: yeah Thanks, come Chris. visit me in the tropicals. That'll make <laughs> you nice. Yeah. I'll put you to work.
1: Yeah. It'll, it'll make your skin glow too. Nothing's <laughs> cozier than hearing the wind howl on the oh, outside geez. of the greenhouse. And you're in basically in a jungle hanging yeah. out with all the tropicals. Thinking the roof's going to fly off. That's yeah. what it sounded like <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, all well. right. Cool. Thanks, Chris. We'll, we'll see welcome. you around the shop. All yeah, right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Oh, that's fantastic. So, um, yeah, another thing I wanted to talk about new at the shop, um, aside from all the product that that Chris mentioned, those things like um, the gator bags for watering and protecting the tree trunk, this, the white spirals that you can put, the tree wrap you can put around. Um, we also have a ton of bulbs to choose from. So it is not too late. I had a fantastic text earlier in the program around, is it too late to get garlic in? And I say, the experimenter that I am, if you can dig in the soil... Go dig in the soil. Get those, get the garlic in. Um, just be sure to plant them deep enough and then mulch heavily so that if we do get warm weather, they're still going to stay dormant. Um, and that goes for all your ornamental bulbs as well. So if you want easy spring color with a pretty low input, Go out and pick up. Um, I love daffodils. They handle um, it's squirrels and stuff, tend to leave them alone. I love decorative allium, so decorative or ornamental onions are always really showy and beautiful, and they tend to be left alone by the critters. Um, Spruce It Up has an awesome selection. Tulips uh, coming out the ears, whatever you want. Uh, we just did an awesome little video on how-to on our Instagram, so if you want to check that out, you can see how to plant bulbs And come down to the shop. You can check those out. Um, I think we've got time for a call here before break. We're going to go to Lorraine and talk about
5: lily beetles. Hi, Lorraine. Thanks for waiting. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I have about 20 different types of uh, lilies in my yard, especially, mostly
4: Asiatic,
5: mm-hmm. and about 10 daylilies. Mm-hmm. And the, I didn't have them until this year. The beetles just uh, absolutely decimated them. Yep. I kept picking off the ones I could see. But, uh, and that's what they do. Um, they'll leave your day lilies
1: alone because those are Hemerocallis, but oh. your Asiatic lilies are a different, um, a different breed altogether, mm-hmm. and they are just the favorite food of those lily beetles. And you're joining the ranks of probably thousands of people that are saddened by um, sort of an infestation. Uh, it's it's like oh I'm fine, you know. You hear about it and you're like well mine are fine, and then all of a sudden they're not, and you, now you've got them, and it's a real trick to get rid of them. Um, Actually, what you just mentioned, Lorraine, about picking them off is probably the best thing that you can do for them. You can try Pure Spray Green. You can try um, some of these other sprays out there that that target lily beetle. Uh-huh. Um, but for myself, and I, I almost got booed off the stage at the garden show uh, when I was asked a similar question. I said, maybe plant something different that's not that (laughs) and everybody started booing and I I it was a funny moment but um I I you know an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of 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 cure so for me I just try to steer clear of what they like to eat and I know nothing replaces the those oriental and and asiatic lilies the smell and the colors are just phenomenal Mm -hmm. um but you can start to branch out into other perennials that will help help Uh,
4: do the trick.
5: I was told that putting coffee grounds on the ground in and around the stalks—I've cut them all down now—will mm-hmm. uh, help. Have you ever heard of that?
1: Um, coffee grounds can help a little bit. I think they're probably helping more just as a compost, as a soil feeder mm-hmm. than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, they sometimes, when you look at like diatomaceous earth, uh, it's—and I don't think coffee grounds really achieve this—but it might be in that same vein that that diatomaceous earth can. Um, it's basically like uh, it's, it's yes, my, what it is. It, yeah for for other listeners it's very um, small sort of shard like um, like silicates so it's basically uh, going to cut through soft bodied insect skin and that would help get rid of them um, you have to catch them at the right stage of their life cycle when they are the, before they become beetles and their exoskeletons form um, so that's a bit a bit tricky with timing but honestly pinching them off and and trying to diversify your garden would probably help the most. And then just be real careful with leaf litter. Uh, we had another great text earlier saying, gather up your leaves and leave them around for mulch, which is um, fantastic. A lot of people gather them up and take them out because they're worried about things like lily beetle. So in that area... Maybe be careful of your mulch because you'd be providing winter habitat so that they could overwinter and come back full force in the spring. And in your other areas of your garden, go ahead and mulch anyway because it does help protect the plants and conserve moisture and uh, deter weeds and that. So,
5: which is the one that eats the most is it the actual beetle or is that black slimy slug that comes up
1: oh um both but i think the beetles are the ones that are really doing it
5: doing the damage another yeah, than, than picking them off there's not much we can do
1: not a whole lot yeah i again diversifying your planting mm-hmm. um and then yeah just trying to get after them before they drop and blend in with the ground right uh, yeah okay <laughs> thank you so much Okay, great. Thanks for the call, Lorraine. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. We'll be right back after the break. I love it. So creepy, the music. I love it. Cool. Uh, you are listening to Let's Talk Gardening, with, which is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center. Everything for gardening inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We've got you covered. Um, my name is Joanna Chudy. I am joining you from Spruce It Up. I'm the landscape designer and consultant there. I handle all the sales and help get uh, landscape gardens off the ground. So if you're interested in landscape or design work, uh, now is the time to contact us. We would love to hear from you you'll have our undivided attention all winter because we're not as busy as we are come springtime and then we'll have you all set for spring um thanks so much everyone for tuning in we'd love to hear uh we've had so many good calls and text messages thank you so much my nerves are totally gone now i feel much better and if you want to reach me we've got a little bit more time left and you can call or text at 1-800-563-7770 Or you can reach us at 403-974-8255. I'm going to go now to the phone lines to somebody I'm excited to talk about, talk with. Hello, Laureen. How are you? (laughs) Longtime listener, first-time caller? Uh, First-time caller, (laughs) yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Long-time listener. Hey, thanks for being brave. Uh, Do you want to talk about some
8: food preservation? I do. I wanted to talk about um, that nasty snow we had and how... My baby tomatoes froze, or yeah, most of them froze. Some of them I saved them. Some of them were really in good condition, so I made tomales. Tomales? And what's what's a tomales? A (laughs) tomales is a a green tomato, baby green tomato that Mm -hmm. you pickle. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, they make a really, really, really (laughs) great way to use green tomatoes.
1: They do. I have to admit to, I have to confess to our listeners, I just asked what a tamalev is, and yet I've eaten an, an entire jar of your tamalevs, Laureen, and I love them. So <laughs> keep making them, lady. I, I love how you've taken something that could be a very sad event with our snowfall, right? And you've made you've made some, you've taken lemons and you've made lemonade because tamalevs are amazing. I didn't know what they were at first. They literally looked like olives, but they had the shape of like a pear cherry tomato, and um, man, are they good. I was even just drinking the brine that they were in because they were so
8: good. I so. would think that next year I will make some when they're firm because yep. the ones that had a little touch of frost were not that great. they yep.
1: Squishy. They were good, but squishy. Good, good, good but squishy. <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing. I just pictured them like skewered and tossed into a Caesar, um, or you could have them with your lunch. Oh, they're so good. So I appreciate. They're
8: really good in a
1: martini as well. Yeah, nice, good <laughs> tamales. <to Mollives. laughs> okay, everybody, you you heard it here on Let's Talk Gardening. I'm always. This is you know we're we're on the backside of food preserving food and that, but we had such a wonky end of our season that I think everyone was. Um, hit scrambling, trying to pull things into the garage or pull out of the garden and get things before all the snow hit. And then, you know, we kind of had this phase where we were back to better weather and then we got snow again. Um, so I love I love your resourcefulness, Lorraine, and I love learning a, a new way to make the best of a bad situation. Um, so, yeah, you know I'll be hitting you up for more tamalives.
8: There you go. <laughs> I also have a question about... Sure. Um, could I break up my horseradish and transplant some at this time of year?
1: Oh, that's that's a good question. Um, you know what? I think you're safe to do that. Horseradish is pretty hardy. Um, yeah. And I know we've probably dug into it already. Uh, yeah. So it's already exposed. It's already had some disturbance to the to the root itself. Um, yeah, I'd go ahead and divide it. And if not, um, I know somebody who has some more. So if it doesn't survive, I'll get you some. All right. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for the call. Doing a great job. Hey, thanks. Have a good have a good rest of your week. Okay, bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Awesome. That's fantastic. I wanted to touch a little bit today on how to preserve food and if there are still things people are um, canning or dehydrating or packing away for the winter. So thanks, Laureen, for that phone call. That is amazing. Um, do we have time for one more before we go? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and pop down to Pauline. Um, hi, Pauline. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for calling in. How can we help you today?
4: I rescued a lavender plant. It's not a Zone 3. Okay. So I had it in my backyard, and I brought it in before the frost. Great. And I'd like to take some of it off for making, like, Christmas presents. But I'm wondering if I can cut it down to the ground, and will it come back up again if I keep it as a house plant? Ah, good question. Or will I... Or is it if I, cut, if I cut it If entirely. you cut it to the
1: ground. Um, wow, that is a good question. I honestly don't know. This is... Okay, teamwork, everybody. Whoever knows the answer to this, text me or call in. Um, I would say... I would say that if if you're looking to use it for Christmas presents, I would selectively cut, but you probably need, unless you're making like lavender wands where you'd need like more lavender than just a couple stems, um, I'd go with, with the purpose of having the plant first and if it comes back. That's a bonus, right? right Yeah, um, it might be tricky to have it come back inside. I know if it's not hardy to our zone, um, for sure it won't do anything outside. Right, um, but you can try. I would I would approach it as an experiment, and this is why we love gardening because we're always trying new things and seeing what works and what doesn't. And well, again,
4: maybe if I if I leave maybe like a third of the branches on, yeah,
1: try it. Yeah, 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 try it. And I'm not sure if lavender needs to go through a dormant phase. Um, that is a really great question. Yeah, I've
4: never, I've never had, I've never kept a, a lavender inside. I've, I, it seems to always get hit by frost before yeah. I bring it in. So
1: yeah, well, you could try and then call back and let us know what happens. All right. okay, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks. Have fun making your Christmas gifts. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Pauline. Bye bye. Awesome. Okay, uh, we will go now to Roger and talk about birch leaf tree miner. How are you? Hello, Roger. Are you with us? Oh, we might, we might have made him wait too long. Roger, are you there? Okay, we're going to have to uh, come back to Roger later. And uh, um, we are listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. I think we're up for a break, and we'll join you after those are done. I love these jams this morning. This is a great, uh, great tone for this week leading up to Halloween. Thank you everybody for joining, for calling in, for sending in your messages uh, to Let's Talk Gardening. Flying solo as I am, I really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Joanna Chudy, and I'm joining you from Spruce It Up Garden Center, where I uh, love my job as a landscape designer and consultant. So, if you're interested in any landscape services, uh, now is the time of year. Actually, we're slowed down a little bit uh, in in regards to design work, so we've got lots of time to put towards your projects, and we'd love to get you set up. Um, take that first step, which can sometimes be the hardest step to take. Just get it over with now, and then you'll be all set for spring work we'll have you in the queue and things will be uh leading to your dream garden right that's what we can all hope for um fantastic calls thanks so much i just wanted to share a couple text messages we got over the break um around lily beetle so one um listener mentioned using a product called ambush Uh, i know other people have had great uh results with that as well and then um Another call, uh, another listener mentioned uh, using their grass clippings uh, to mulch around the base of the plants, especially they mentioned the green it up lawn fertilizer that we sell. Um, So the green it up lawn fertilizer helps to condition the roots of the plant of your of your grass um, to make them really thick and healthy and to choke out any other weeds. And I guess uh, the grass clippings there make fantastic mulch and they have had great success with their lily beetles. Not mulching and keeping protecting the lily beetles, but protecting the plants themselves and strengthening those lilies. So sounds uh, sounds like a big effort, but I think you can. I think you can beat the lily beetles. So I'm with you, people. I know it's a, a tough go. So keep it up. Don't quit. Uh, we're going to jump to the lines here and talk to Pat. Hello, Pat. Hello. How are you? Hello, <laughs> Hi. I'm doing great. Good. Hello, uh, hello. Can you hear me? I sure can. Okay, good. We can hear you. How can we help
2: you? Well, I was just going to make some comments around that lady that was doing the transplanting of those small uh, spruce trees. Yes. Okay. What what Um, do you think? Well, there's a saying that we had uh, that I heard a long time ago, and it was very true, is uh, there's three stages of a transplant for spruce trees. It's They're weeping, they've torn out their roots, then they're creeping, and then they're they're exploding, right? Right. Yep. I've done a lot of uh, uh, transplants from the forest uh, reserve. Yep. You pay your five bucks, you go yep. out to the, for- the trunk road and you pick yep. up some spruce trees. Yep, you get your and- permit and you
1: can head out and dig things up. Yep.
2: Yeah. So we did uh, an acreage um, in-, in this field and I had 50 spruce trees in there. First year I had about five or six die off, mm-hmm. the following year I went out again and I marked the uh, the north side of the tree, and then planted them north, okay. so they're facing the same direction. Yep, yep, and- that's
1: really important as well. That's that's so. I'm really glad you brought that up, Pat. That's a good point. So, when we transplant a tree bare root, it doesn't have that opportunity to get rooted into its pot because it's just loose roots. We need to try and plant it in the same orientation as we dug it up, just so that plant has experiences less transplant shock. So, great point. That's
2: awesome, and and we had some really great success. And good. I've unfortunately sold that property, but I do go by and look at it, and it's uh, looking exactly as how I designed it.
1: Good. That's a that must make your heart feel good. Hey, when you put so much work in, and the and the next owners keep it going, that's such a good feeling. I'm happy to hear that.
2: Yeah, it looks like a little forest. Well, my neighbor awesome. said. He was always happy to live across from us because uh, <laughs> it was like he was living on a park.
1: Because he couldn't see you, <laughs> because he just sees your, <laughs> exactly. your hard work with the trees, and that's great. Um, that's a those are great odds. With uh, you said fifty trees and five or six died, that's fantastic. But yeah, that's those are really good odds. I think uh, what you're doing sounds like it could help our listeners with their transplanting. But yeah, I, re- I remember Cass Smythe had mentioned that once about transplanting. Be sure when you're moving plants, keep them in the same orientation. So keep them facing the same direction they were in their natural environment before you dug them up. And then again, always lots of water, fertilize and mulch, right? And that's the best yeah, we can do yeah, exactly. for. Perfect. Thanks well, so I, much,
2: Pat. A, yeah. And I had a trip I had a drip irrigation system put oh, yeah. in around all the trees. So that's great. I just turned it on and it just they were just survived perfectly. That's awesome.
1: So drip irrigation it's a little bit of work and part of your budget up front, but then it's so low key after you just need to get the lines blown out at the end of the year, but then you have that peace of mind whether you're home or not that you've got your irrigate your plants being irrigated and all that hard work of digging up 50 trees um you know, is a little, it's the work is then lessened when you can just sit back and, and set your timer and, and watch them fill in. Right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't say I never ever considered gardening work.
1: <laughs> that me either. Uh, and who, who said it, it was a Khalil Gibran. His work is love made visible. So it's totally yeah. a labor of love in my mind. So I'm glad you feel the same.
2: <laughs> All right. Yeah, Thank th- you.
1: Thanks for the call. Pat. Have a good day.
2: I, I, I enjoy your show. Thanks.
1: Thanks so much. Bye bye. All right, fantastic call. Thank you so much everybody for kicking in and giving us some good ideas and helping me to help you as well. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
0: It was a one night one people
6: leader. <laughs>
1: I love it. Great tunes again. Okay. Thank you so much, you guys, for staying tuned. We've got about 20 more minutes of the show. This has been a really fun one. Thank you so much for for holding my hand as we make it through as a team today. Uh, my name is Joanna Chudy and I'm the landscape designer and landscape consultant with Spruce It Up Garden Center. And I love all the phone calls and texts coming in. Please keep them coming. Um, we've got you, uh, if you want to reach us, you can, you can call 1-800-563-7770. That's our talk and text line, if you'd rather not be on the air. Um, or don't be afraid, I don't bite. Uh, <laughs> you can call 403-974-8255 as well. I'd love to hear um, all your experiences in the garden, good or bad. We learn from them all. Um, your questions, I'll do my best to answer them. I wanted to mention uh, we had chatted about garlic and bulbs. Um, I just, I just I just got my garlic in. I know it was a little late, um, but I wanted to bring up uh, something I was thinking about when I was planting my garlic. Um, I I got my garlic in right around the full moon, and it brought to mind this idea of lunar phase planting. So you can get really technical with gardening, or you can keep it light, and I'm kind of somewhere in between. I sort of go between what works and uh, learning new things. So the, I wanted to just share the general idea around it is um, especially when we're thinking about bulbs, garlic included, um, and this is still a fantastic time of year to be getting bulbs in the ground. It's not too late. We can still work the soil and uh, cover them with mulch. So now's a good time. But the general idea around lunar phase planting is when when you're going into a waxing moon where the moon is becoming more and more full every day um, or every night, the, the idea is that sap is flowing up. So the, the full moon uh, or the filly, the waxing moon is pulling sap up out of the roots and up into the plant. So that is when we would be sowing or transplanting things that will give us a harvest from above ground portions of the plant. So things like leafy greens, tomatoes, cucumbers, um and then on the flip side a waning moon is when the the sap of the plant the fluid in the plant is going down into the earth towards the towards the roots and that is when we would be planting root crops um so beets carrots potatoes and um, coincidentally bulbs. Uh, so that's why I planted my garlic around the full moon, but don't worry because even if we're not approaching a full moon, you can still plant your garlic. You can still get your ornamental, uh, bulbs in the ground and, um, you don't have to stick to any particular regimen, but I just thought that was a neat little fact. It's, it's knowledge that's been around for basically since humans started putting seeds in the ground and anticipating some type of harvest. Um, But yeah, we'll we'll see if it has any effect. Anyway, I'm just happy I got my garlic in the ground. Um, And we have a bunch of really great varieties of garlic at the shop. Um, Some I'd never even heard of. So come on down and check those out. And uh, we'll go right to the phone lines here. We've got Joyce who's been waiting patiently. Am I, I patient? Uh, hi, yeah, I hope so. You're doing a good job. <laughs> thanks, Joyce. Thanks Merle for calling. better look out. <laughs> oh, I love it when Merle invites me in. Um, he's super fun to do the program with, so hopefully we can we can partner up and do some more here in the near future.
0: Well, this is really <laughs> different. The Merle's
8: not there.
1: Uh, well, yeah, we, we miss him, so <laughs> yeah. ho- hopefully he's tuning in. Well, we're I'm enjoying sure
8: you.
0: Uh, thank you.
8: Thanks. Yeah. And well,
1: I
0: got a Hoya. Okay.
1: And okay. it won't bloom. Okay. Um, I, when was the last time it flowered for you? Whole, a long Years. T-
0: years. Okay. Years. Yeah, and I'm have going, you, have you repotted it? In, I repotted it a long time ago because okay. I was told to. Yep. I've fertilized it because oh, I was told to. Yeah. And it's in a south window. Okay. That
1: sounds good. It does it has, like that dappled shade. What, what kind of fertilizer are you using?
0: Oh, Merle told me I forget what it was. Okay. Um, and well, it's just not working. It's not working. No.
1: And when you repotted it, obviously you put it into a bigger size pod and all yes. new fresh, healthy soil. Yes. Um, that's, okay, well. Joy- I'm dismissed. Joy- Joy- I'm ready
8: to throw it out.
1: Uh, no, maybe it needs to go to like a, a tropicals plant share type thing. So you circle it to somebody else who might try the challenge and maybe you get something new. I'm not sure. I don't know. So you're, you're, this is a good challenge for me because as I said at the top there, I love being outside. I, I could probably um, answer Well, I feel more confident with outside plant questions, but I'll do my best here. And it sounds like you've done all the things I would recommend. Yes. Um, A Hoya plant is also called a wax plant. And it it does have um, really waxy leaves and beautiful star-shaped pink flower clusters. That stay
2: on
4: forever.
1: uh, And they do. Yeah, my mother-in-law has one. It's gorgeous. And what I've noticed about hers, um, and I've seen it flower... Probably twice in oh, yes. in the twelve years that I've lived here and and been married and and connected with with this with my beautiful in laws, um, she keeps hers on the landing of her steps and it actually never receives direct sunlight, so it's in um, pretty heavy shade. Inside, oh, yes. and it's in an area where, you know, people are walking past it. It's on the stairway. It's all, The stairway is also sort of open to two levels, so I think probably a fair bit of air circulation well, I got going air, on there.
8: I got a stairway that's open,
0: open, so yeah. maybe I should hang it there.
1: Maybe, yeah. And hers, um, again, like I said, I've only seen it bloom twice, and when it bloomed, it was just, like, I just had to stop and just stare and take photos because it's just so gorgeous. Yes. Um I would say for Hoyas, they're, they are a little particular. Sometimes they need their roots to be dried out or they need their light to change a little bit. And it's yeah. so hard here in Calgary when we've got tons of sunlight. We're no shortage of that, but... Our days are really short in the fall and winter and mm-hmm. early spring. And those tropicals, um, although you might not put them in direct light, they do need that that length of time, those hours of sunlight a day. Yeah. So that could be affecting it. And then I'm not sure what fertilizer you've tried, but if you can pick up um, like a 5, 10, 5... Um, oh, yes. So, NPK, the P in the middle is for phosphorus, and that's what's going to help you with flowering. So, if oh. that, if, as long as that number is a little higher than the N, so the nitrogen. 5105? Five, five. Yep, 5105 five should work well. And again, listeners, if you have a green thumb, especially around indoor plants, and your Hoya yeah. is amazing, Text me, call us, let us know, because Joyce needs your help.
5: Oh, it's a pretty plant. It's growing oh, like crazy. They're gorgeous,
1: but- and when you see them in the wild in their natural setting, like oh. in in a tropical place, they are mind blowing. You know, they grow yes. up trees and they're they're always flowering, and they're just they're beautiful. So when we get them here, they're they're not quite as um, spectacular, and we have to really. Uh, try, you know, all the tricks, all the tips and tricks in the book. To, well, to I wish it going. would do
0: as good as my quack grass
1: does. Oh, jeez, don't we all? <laughs>
0: oh.
1: Yeah, well, that's a whole nother story. So, yep. yeah. Um, well, you know what? We might have a call uh, here from Dorothy. So I'm going to end our, our talk here and go to Dorothy because she yep. might have some insight for you. So all stay right. tuned and we'll hear what she has to say. Thanks, Joanna. Thanks, Joyce. Yeah. Awesome, bye Thank Bye-bye. you. bye <laughs> All right, we'll jump right to it. Dorothy, hello. You're answering the call. I appreciate that.
4: Oh, hi. Hi. Uh, yeah, I had uh, a friend give me a Hoya, yep. and uh, I just put it on a bookshelf. Uh, it got no sun, no nothing. It it yep. didn't die. It lasted for years and years. Yeah. W- we moved, and uh, I had a south window. My friend made me a macrame mm-hmm. uh, hanger for it didn't even repot it or anything but it was in a south window and it was right under my or it was right over my sink that okay. uh, the dishwasher drained into oh, okay so, so maybe the, it got some humidity the sun and yep. the steam that thing was just amazing
1: okay <laughs> well for Joyce I hope you're I hope you're still listening and maybe a little bit more humidity but like that's a trick too with tropicals I think in their natural environment they're it's so humid um mm-hmm. and it's it's not we can't that's not the same as Watering the roots, right, right. Yeah. So that's Perfect. a great that's a great idea. So maybe in a sunny bathroom or over the dishwasher, like you've tried. Yeah, I, yeah.
4: I just couldn't get over it. I mean, <laughs> I had it for years. And, well, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, good, good deal. Well, oh, thank you so much okay. for. All <laughs> uh, right, and it is beautiful when it blooms, and the oh, scent from it is yes. just incredible. You could
1: <laughs> tell the you you could only imagine the pollinators that would come to uh, it, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, right. It was like a uh, bunch of the grapes when it first started. Yeah. Know, the- the flower clusters are are
1: yeah. beautiful they're prolific mm-hmm. yeah yeah
4: right. well thanks so much dorothy okay. I appreciate yeah.
1: that yeah. okay bye-bye. bye-bye all right oh, i love it you guys i'm asking for help and you're helping i love this community of listeners you guys are the best we're gonna take a break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr listeners <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again for tuning in and spending your Sunday morning with us on Let's Talk Gardening. I am loving the phone calls and the text messages. You guys are fantastic. Thank you for making my Sunday go smoothly. <laughs> um, I, we had, again, over break. It's so nice you guys text in. And uh, we've got some comments on the Hoya from Joyce and Dorothy who called in about Hoya plants Uh M. Paulson, who I feel like I know you, so thank you for texting in. Uh, She says, she or he says... Uh, a boy about Hoya. Mine is in the east window in a macrame hanger, root bound and often ignored. Blooms every year, so that just goes to show. Sometimes when we fidget and tinker too much or make too many changes all in a row, sometimes plants, especially things like orchids or uh, more finicky uh, inside tropical plants, they they don't like all that that change right away. Change can be hard even for the even for the best of us, right? So consider that with your plants. And sometimes I've noticed this outside in the garden. As well, when you just sort of brush past and ignore because you're busy and life's got you doing other things, sometimes plants love that. They're just like, great, just give me my basics and I'm good. So you could try that. So east east facing window uh, macrame hanger so that the the vines can sort of trail down, and then maybe just some healthy neglect. As long as you're covering the basics, that should work. So thank you, uh, M. Paulson, for texting that in. Um, I would like to go to the phone lines and chat with Robert. Robert,
6: thanks for calling. Hi, how are you? Hi. So I heard that you were, um, you're a landscape architect. You're a, you're a designer. Yes, I'm a designer. Yep. Oh, good. So there's a number of people in my neighborhood. They've just opened up. They tore this fence down, mm-hmm. and there's this big area. Now, mainly through the middle of it, there are Colorado sp- spruce, okay. you know, this, this um, Picea pungens, they call yep. them, you know? Yep. And so we can... We were never able to use this area before, so our thought was to put some kind of a gazebo or shell. Nice. And then the city has a bunch of trees, and but we want they wanted to come out us to come up with a design. Have you ever heard of real time landscaping?
1: That's actually the program that we use. So, uh, real time oh. landscape architect is a fantastic program. It's we love it because um, you can start off with a pretty basic design to get just to get. Um, concepts across and make sure everyone's on the same page and then you can flip it to 3d so that you could actually, you know, it's a, it's a new space. You've taken fences down, you're thinking about structures, you've got trees, you're working with the city. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces and things to consider when you turn it to 3d, you're basically in it. So you're, you know, it's, it's not like virtual reality quite yet. You're looking at it on a computer screen, but it's so nice because it's actually, um, sort of borderlines between, um, Uh, like an image on your screen and a video. So you can actually do a fly-through, it's called, and you can tour... All sides of well, your property, and have a look at what does it look like um, from every different oh, perspective.
6: Cool. Yeah. So is this like MapQuest? Like, can you? Does it integrate with Map MapQuest?
1: Um, no, it doesn't. But we. Okay. So what we do is we take your real property report or your lot plan, and we get all the dimensions um, put in, so it's it's all to scale, and uh, we do all the facing, all the rendering of structures, so it's too it's 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 um, accurate to real life. And so when you're standing, like when we start the the design reveal with folks, when we do a presentation, you're standing looking at your front door as if you just hopped out, you know, you're on the city sidewalk and you're, you're just looking at your front door. And then we, we walk you right up through all the aspects of your landscape that we've been working on um, and, and bringing up concepts uh, through consultations with you. And so you're able to see your ideas really come to life. Um, So this is about
6: two city blocks, and down the middle of it are all these spruce, and then on the one side, where you can see the downtown, we want to see the fireworks and all that stuff, you know? Okay. We wanted to put that, but the rest of it, we have no idea, you know, I mean, the city, we've, we've talked to them, they said they have... They love Ohio buckeye. They okay. love their their choke cherries. They're what's it called? The Schubert, Schubert choke, choke cherries. cherries yep. 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 They love the. They have a bunch of golden pear. Have you heard of that before? I have. Yeah, Robert. It okay. sounds
1: like I. I just I'm cutting you off. I, I hate to do that, but we are running out of time. I oh, would love sorry. to. I would love to talk with you more about your project. Would you consider calling the shop and uh, just getting? I would it? love
6: to. So okay. What's your name again? Joanna. j-o-a-n-n-a that's right I just called spruce it up
1: (laughs) that's right so 403-201-7525 and if you hit extension 2 you'll reach Alistair he's a member of our design team and he can uh, relay information to me and we can set up a consultation
6: Oh, that is great! Okay. So you would, you would put this in. Uh, well, we we we're going to have to know how to use this because yeah. we're going to have to, to to so you can be, plug me through it and yep. we can play around with it. Yeah,
1: Robert, if you give us a call at the shop, we'll go over all the details with you then. Okay, okay, I'll get all the stuff
6: from the I'll okay, Thank you. Right, right on. Get Thanks yeah, so much. You My too. Yeah.
1: Thanks everyone for a fantastic show. I love this, and I will be back. Have a great week.